Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Happy New Year. Hope the first two days of the new year have been filled with God's blessings and it's one of the reasons we chose the sermon theme for the next three weeks that we did. A new year and a new you. As we think about the new year, we're often filled with ideas of all the things that we can do differently this year. God reminds us that we're already different. That in Christ we are already already new. A new creation is what we'll focus on today. I don't know if you're resolution type of people, but it makes sense, doesn't it, that people use a time of the changeover from one year to the next to think about, well, what kind of things might I do differently in my life moving forward in the year ahead? I was talking with someone before the service about New Year's resolutions and I heard a quote this past week that went something like this, that habits eat willpower for breakfast. Hmm. Maybe that's why so many resolutions fail, right? We have this idea that we can just do everything different, change our lives. You hear all of the advertisements, here's the new you. If you just do this, that, and something else, your life will be happier, easier, more fulfilling. And yet, God reminds us today that everything that you need All the fulfillment that you and I need in this life has already been accomplished. And guess what? It doesn't take hours at the gym. It doesn't take counting calories on a diet. It doesn't cost you anything. It's absolutely free. And it's found in your Savior Jesus. He has made you a new creation. That's the focus for our sermon today on the basis of words that Vicar read before from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You, in Christ, are a new creation. We'll note a couple of things as we walk through this text. First of all, that that we're changed by God. And then secondly, that Jesus traded holiness, his holiness, for our sin. Let's take a look again at how the Apostle Paul started this text. And as I read these first three verses, what I'd love for you to do is focus on one word that gets repeated several times throughout this section. Take a look with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Did you catch it? Did you hear the word reconcile, reconciliation? It's actually five times in these five verses that we're going to cover. Will you just keep that in the back of your head for a moment? We'll come back to it in just a second. As I think about the Apostle Paul's words here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it's part of a larger section in this letter that he wrote about his ministry. You see, Paul has been forced once again to defend himself and his ministry. If you read through the two letters that we have in the Bible that are sent to the Corinthians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, what you'll discover is that the Corinthians were an extremely talented congregation with some extremely difficult troubles. The Apostle Paul spent the entire first letter to the Corinthians addressing some of those troubles, helping the congregation through them. 
And he apparently made a promise to the congregation that he was going to visit them twice, two more times yet on his missionary journeys. And then circumstances made him change his plans. And so there was a question that some of the Corinthians raised, if, if, if Paul can't even be trusted to follow through on the plans that he made, can, can we really trust his message? And so Paul spends seven chapters of 2 Corinthians defending his ministry, explaining that his whole purpose in coming to them was to point them to one thing. Jesus died for all. That was Paul's focus in his ministry. It's our focus as we head into the new year. It's what makes us a new creation. It's only through faith in Jesus who didn't count the world's sins against them it's only through faith in him that we stand before God new. See, that's exactly what Paul says when he writes, if anyone is in Christ, that's why you're sitting here today. The Holy Spirit has brought you into a relationship with your heavenly Father through faith. You are in Christ and in the blessings that you have through him. Paul says it this way, the old has gone, the new has come. Isn't that a beautiful picture? The old, the way that we're used to, the way that sin takes us so many times, it's washed away. And the new, Jesus' righteousness, his holiness has replaced it. All this is from God, Paul says. That's the grace that you get to experience, that you get to live every single day of every year. But especially as we think about a new year and the new you that God has made you. Coming back now to that word, reconcile. You heard it four times in the verses that I read before. We'll hear it again in verse 20 when we read it. It's one of those words that maybe we don't use very often in our English language anymore. But at its root, the word reconcile means to change. Originally, one of the uses for this Greek term that is given by Paul in this text had to do with money, an exchange of making things even, of balancing the scales, of setting everything right. Can you almost picture it as, as two people are bartering, as they're trading, as they're exchanging money, making sure that everything is equal and even? That's the idea of reconcile. Perhaps some of you still remember the day when you had to get your bank statement once a month from the bank and then reconcile what your balance was in your checkbook with what the bank said you had. Anybody remember that? Raise your hand if you remember. See, now with online banking, it's all in real time, so you never have to do that anymore. But it was a big deal at the end of every month, right, to make sure that you and the bank were reconciled on the same page. There's another use of that word, too, and it had to do more with relationships. Consider that sometimes people are at odds with one another, they can't see eye to eye. They aren't getting along. The idea of reconcile is bringing together two things that once were separated. Aren't those two pictures beautiful ways to understand what God has done as he's reconciled us? He's squared everything up. He's made everything even. He's brought together you and me with him. That's exactly what the idea of reconcile is all about. And, and listen to how Paul says he did it. Not counting people's sins against them. How? Well, how could God do that? How could he simply not count our sins against us? 
it's all about Jesus, isn't it? That's the comfort that we find in this text. You're new in Christ because God made a decision to send his one and only son to come into this world to live for you, to die for you. What Jesus did on that cross is fact. It's completed. It's finished. The price for your sins has been paid in full and Jesus' resurrection is what guarantees that. That was true last year. It's true this year. And it's true every day that we live in this world. You are God's creation, new, a new creation in Christ. I'm not sure if any of you have ever done this, but, but I remember being a, a, a younger child and, and looking through the milkweed, now, not too far from our house, to find a monarch caterpillar. Anybody ever do that? You can raise your hands, it's okay. Do you remember taking them home and putting them in a jar and hoping that you could keep them alive long enough that, that they might form a chrysalis and then, then maybe eventually the chrysalis would, would open up and you'd have this beautiful monarch butterfly that you could release? What an amazing change to watch that happen. I think it probably only worked once or twice in my life, but it was cool when it did, right? And if God can do that, if he can make a caterpillar become a beautiful butterfly, Think of the amazing change that God has accomplished in your life and mine. He's taken us, who by nature are his enemies, and made us his own children. He's made us heirs of a life with him forever in heaven. That's an amazing change. It's what Paul wanted to preach about, and it's what gives us joy every single day. That's what Paul's talking about in the next two verses when he says this, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Paul explains to the Corinthians how he sees himself. What he looks at himself as, he says simply, I'm an ambassador. I'm representing someone else. I'm representing God before you. I'm bringing to you a message that's not my own, but is God's message for you. A message of new life, of peace and joy. And Paul's encouragement to the Corinthians and God's encouragement to you and me today is to live it to live the newness that we have in Jesus, to live with the peace and joy of knowing, yes, we're right with God. Sins are completely forgiven. Paul, in effect, says to the people to whom he writes in Corinth, look, look at what Jesus has done for you. Don't brush it under the rug and say, yes, I've heard it all before. Look at what that means, the newness that's been created in you all through faith. God worked and God given faith in our Savior Jesus himself. One more time, we should probably ask ourselves the question, well, how? How did God bring this all about? And verse 21 is a beautiful verse in Scripture. If you want to file away a verse that can give you peace and joy every single day, 2 Corinthians 5.21 wouldn't be a bad one. It talks about a trade. And if you know how trades work, generally speaking, people try to trade things of equal value or at least so that one person doesn't seem to get ahead of the other person. You're trying to keep things even, right? So what about this, this trade? Was it an even exchange? Not even close. You and I got the far better end of this deal, this trade, this exchange that God made. Put a little graphic on the board to sort of summarize 2 Corinthians 5.21. 
Some people have called it God's great exchange. Listen again to the words and then we'll walk just briefly through the illustration. God made him, that's Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us. That's one half of the exchange. Your sins, my sins, they were heaped on Jesus' shoulders as he went to the cross. Jesus took our sin and what he swapped out for it is his holiness. Listen to the second half of the verse. So that in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. That's what Jesus gave us in place. In place of our sin, he gave us his holiness. You see how unequal that trade is? Jesus went to the cross for our sins. We stand before God holy and blameless because we're credited with Jesus' righteousness. That's what God sees when he sees you. He doesn't see your sin. He sees the righteousness of his son. He sees the holiness that Jesus lived in your place. That idea of scales being balanced, if we were honest with ourselves, we know that, that our debt of sin would just be too great for us to repay. But that debt has been paid in full. The scales have been balanced. Jesus did it all. As you begin another year, 2022, that's something to focus on. That's something to hold on to. That's something to remember every single day. Consider this, how easy it is for disappointments in this life to come back again and again. How easy it is for resolutions to fall by the wayside. How easy it is to let a fear of the future knock and enter the door of our hearts. But go back. When those fears come, when those worries come, when the frustrations of life come, go back to what Jesus did. Remember who that makes you in Jesus. Remind yourself every single day of who you are. God's own child. An heir of life eternal with him. And remember, that makes you a new creature, a new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. You know what? It means something even greater. It means you can look ahead. You can look ahead to a life that is waiting for you with your Savior that has no troubles. Where all mourning and death and crying will have gone away. That's God's promise to you in Jesus. That's the new creation you've been made. In Isaiah's prophecy, God spoke through Isaiah with these words, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Don't you love those words at the start of a new year? Leave the past in the past. It's already taken care of. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to make up for it. And then as we look to the future, God's already done the new thing that he promised to do. He brought his son to be our savior. John said it this way in chapter 1, verse 16, Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. What a promise. God gave us grace that first Christmas night when Jesus came, when Jesus grew up to be our savior, when he lived for us and died for us. But every day, grace comes again and again. As God reminds us, yes, today too I will forgive all your sins. And when tomorrow comes, I will forgive them all over again. That's the new you that God has made you in Jesus. 
Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, we are changed and given a new life in Jesus. I think sometimes we enter a new year with thoughts like this. Well, maybe this is the year that I'm finally going to get it right. That that I'm going to do everything that I want to do. Here's the good news for us as God's people. Jesus already got it right. He already got it right for you and for me. That's number two. Jesus made the exchange, giving us his holiness and taking away our sin. Sin is gone forever. His holiness and righteousness stands in its place. And that's what our Heavenly Father sees. Finally, number three, we have opportunity to live this newness with confidence in 2022 and beyond. You can enter a new year knowing that whatever happens today, tomorrow, next week, Jesus is right there with you. Don't let the devil, don't let the world around us, don't even let that that sinful nature that we have inside of us rob us of the joy that Jesus wants us to have every single day. I'm going to guess most of you know who this guy is. Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Do you remember that Eeyore wasn't exactly a pocket full of sunshine? Yeah, he generally looked at the negative side of life. I think there's one, he was either in a book or one of the Disney movies where where Piglet says to him, good morning, and he says, I suppose it is for some. It's like he lived his entire life waiting for the other shoe to drop. Can't we feel that way sometimes? What's next? What's going to happen? Fear, disappointment, stress, all of those things can visit our lives. And it's then that it's so important to go back to the newness that we have in Jesus, the joy that we have to know that Jesus is our Savior from sin. Fight those stealers of joy by reminding yourself what Christ has done, traded traded his righteousness for your sin. And why? So you can live with him forever in the perfection of heaven. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.